Hippity hip, hee haw, hee haw, it's Dominic the donkey. Hippity hip, hee haw, hee haw, the Italian Christmas donkey. La 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 la. That's how you know you're ready to go. If you can sing Dominic the donkey, you're warmed up. And you're back in the fucking. You're back in the mix. God damn it! Welcome to Lots of Pasta. I am of course here, back with. Sofa King. Sofa King! Uh, for his first two-parter episode about getting touched at camp inappropriately. Woo-hoo! Um, <laughs> you did use that voice. <laughs> that was Raphael. And, um... <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> and, uh, we, we read a part one last week. Go mm. fucking listen to it if you haven't, cause, or else you're gonna be very confused. Um, it could be more fun. It, it might be, actually. Yeah, and you know what? Fuck last episode. Just listen to this one. Yeah. And, um... We're we're Stupid still idiots we're still drinking we're still drinking some red wine some yeah. thirty dollar bottle of wine oh yeah gotta really smell it don't gargle gargle, gargle. yeah <laughs> and um, it's bad for you to gargle wine and uh, bongo bongo beritas in bongo beritas we're bringing that back because we didn't say that enough last episode no we did not gotta, um, gotta make it hit before the third minute you know you know what it slaps so there we go uh-huh it's a red blend it's what they say it's a red blend it's a red blend so uh yeah uh this story has been pretty fun to read so far we have some zany zany voices going on yeah we do any uh any fun conversation you want to any fun prediction you want to hit us with well i predict do you want to go down the list you know what Uh, my prediction give you the list this guy is gonna get in his car okay and he's gonna try to drive away but you're already wrong all of his tires are slashed so it's gonna go real choppy and then he's gonna uh, he's gonna so have to missed, stop and, and so you run missed up. the last paragraph where the the tires were slashed. No, no, no. And he decided not. He to drive unslashes the, car. the tires. Great. <laughs> he's gonna blow them up. He puts duct tape on them and blows them up manually with his lips. Well, you know they gave Graham a big voice, so maybe Graham can blow Could up some the of tires. His hot air yeah, just blow up the tires again. He's got the Christmas spirit. Let's see if he's capable of pulling it off. Ho ho ho! Um, ho ho! Here, here's the list, right? I want you to tell me. I'm gonna this lightning round, okay? Okay, I'm ready. I'm gonna read the names of all the characters that I can remember. Ooh, okay. And I want you to tell me whether or not they live or die. Okay. In this next part. All right, I'm ready. Harrison lives. You think you think the main guy's gonna survive? This? Absolutely. Graham L- lives. You think the two main good guys are gonna live? Yeah, man, I've Have hope. you read a creepypasta before? Yes. In your, literally your last episode, a bunch of little kids died. Yeah, All the that's little true. kids died. All the kids you died. You would have been wrong. That's the worst part about society. Uh, how about Amy? Dying. Oh, she's gonna live. 
Carson. Oh, yeah, absolutely, dude. Yeah. Carson's going to live. Carson talks so quiet that... But he already stabbed himself. Well, yeah, he stabbed himself so that now he has more will to live. That's how that works. That's right. Yeah. Um. How about Percy? Oh, dude, yeah, he's going to be there to the bitter end. Okay. Who else was there? Uh, Raphael uh, will die. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Uh, what about what about Harrison's parents? You think they're gonna come back? Deus Ex Machina. Give me back my son. Played oh, by they'll Mel live. Gibson. They'll live. They'll live. Of yeah. course, because everyone's gonna live in this story except, except for Raphael. Except for Raphael. Yeah. That's that's a good assumption. He's got the worst um, voice out of all of them. I'm gonna go ahead and take the opposite bet of you. Oh, Raphael's gonna be the last one standing. Raphael's gonna be the only survivor, and everyone else is gonna die. Oh, Julio's gonna die spectacularly, in a horrible, horrifying way. If I were to give you my honest answer, I think that uh, I do. Kind of want Everyone's Harrison and Grant to live. <laughs> Everyone's gonna live. Yeah, that's my honest. That answer. is your honest answer. Don't no, give me Amy's that shit. gonna die. You're not allowed. Oh, so you're changing your mind already. You think Amy's gonna die? You think Amy's gonna eat shit? Well, I think we're all gonna die. Are you talking specifically in the story, or man? Man, we had to go there. I'm a bummer. We had to get. We had to get all existential and shit, man. They say they say that right before you die, you imagine yourself at a summer camp being looked at by a bunch of weird people. I heard you until... <laughs> I heard that's the last you, thing that happens. You heard that poop happens. Yep. Oh, that's what they say. Poop happens. That's I what just, they say. I just want you to know that when I got here, mm. your wife kissed me on the cheek. And now... You're all alone, because all of your friends are coming to party at my house. <sighs> Happy birthday, Jacob. <laughs> oh, fuck, uh, what does he say? What does he say? He's got, what is it? It's, what does he have on his hand? <laughs> Some mud pie. Mud pie. I shouldn't have left all that mud pie on my hand. That's okay, man. I just um, hope he's okay. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Tim Robinson's uh, special uh, miniature series. And my beautiful wife, the Sofa Queen. Wow. Beauty's so profound. Give her a shout out, too, because uh, let's remind her and the audience. Hey, everybody. That that Sofa King is here tonight. And uh, I'm married. Specifically. We're not going to get into the reason why he's here tonight. We're just going to get into it. I made it it many episodes, and now we're not talking about it. And we're going to cut. But she's a great person, you know? Yeah. <laughs> we did it last time. That was what the last episode did. So anyway. Um, That's what it did. This is a fun story. Let's jump back into it. Okie doke. Um, what is this thing called again? Okay. Something strange is going on at Camp Oakwood. It's like a bad Seinfeld, like Jerry Seinfeld joke. What's up with Camp What's Oakwood? What's up with Camp Oakwood? People go in there and it's a cult. <laughs> Shit. Anyway, uh, do you want to take this first part or do you want to do the same thing we did last time? I don't know, man. The voices are kind of fun. I will do it. I, I will also do it. It doesn't matter. You'll take the middle part again. If yeah. there's a middle section, you'll take the middle okay, section Okay, yeah, that works. Again. Yeah, sure. I pedaled as fast as I could until I reached the location, which turned out to be an abandoned grocery store parking lot. In the parking lot 
was a white truck with its headlights turned on. I then got a text that read, I'll come to you. Stay put. The driver's side door opened up, and out came a man who appeared to be in his 30s. When I saw him, I felt like I had seen him somewhere before. His face I knew I had seen somewhere not too long ago, but I couldn't pinpoint where, though. Did they follow you? No, I don't think so. Still trying to catch my breath. <sighs> who are you? <sighs> and why did you save me? Name's Doug. I saved you because these guys are crazy, and I also wanted to give you some answers. You're probably wondering what the hell is going on at Camp Oakwood. Something strange is going on at Camp Oakwood. Some guys broke into my apartment. Another guy stabbed himself. I found security footage of my own bedroom in the camp director's house. Oh yeah, that would be Amy. Yeah, she likes to act like Big Brother quite a bit. Gee, no surprise there. Anyway, I think I already have an idea about what is going on. Okay, well, you can tell me what you know later, but I want to give you a clear picture of what's going on. I didn't respond, so Doug began talking. The camp's franchise you work at is part of a cult called Horace's Harmony. Great. That, I what hate a that name. name. That guy who founded your camp, Horace or Oakwood, started it way back in the day after he defeated a tribe in battle. He then proceeded to take the tribe's teachings, tweaked about 95% of it, and rebranded it as his own religion. And thus, he began his work as a pastor for his community. Horace prophesied that the world would be an extremely messed up place once he was gone, and that his followers' mission was to obtain world peace. However, the process to, of how to obtain that was nothing you would have expected. Horace claimed that the only way to obtain it was to conjure his spirit, and then the body he was possessed inside of would have to die. According to him, there were two ways to do this process. The first way is for someone to conjure his spirit by themselves, and then die either by suicide or by being killed by someone else. The second way is to conjure the spirit into another person by performing a ritual and then sacrificing the vis victim. Anyway, Horace eventually died. The day after he died, Gavrilo Princip killed Franz Ferdinand. That's what triggered World War I, which made his prophecy all the more believable. Pretty soon, the entire world starting... The entire world started turning into an all-out violent place. Wars between countries, outcry within them, so much hate and despair everywhere. His members never worried, though. They knew that one day his spirit would be conjured, and they would finally obtain world peace. Now here's the funny part about this whole thing. Horace may have told them that they needed to conjure his spirit, but he never explained how to correctly do so. What a fucking idiot. His reason why was because he claimed that world peace would already be a near-impossible task. So, in order to obtain it, his followers needed to figure out how to do it on their own. So many years, and I mean many years, went by without any clue on how to conjure Horace. Then, about 25 years ago, a prominent member of the cult named Ferris Kurt made a breakthrough. He claimed that the correct way to conjure Horus was to recite a prayer in Horus's self-made Bible, along with carving a crescent-shaped wound into your body. During the great battle Horus was in, 
He received a stabbed wound from one of the tribal men that was shaped like a crescent moon. As his life went on, he believed it to be an important sign that all of his followers should remember. Now, Kurt was well known throughout... Jesus Christ, how long does this guy fucking talk? He wants to give you all of the exposition all at once. All of it. Take it. Now, Kurt was well known throughout all the camps and members located throughout the world. And when he made the supposed breakthrough, many members started performing the process, whether on themselves or on other people. Well, long story short... Too late. His breakthrough ended up being false. Many members, out of excitement that it was finally solved after all this time, either committed suicide after they believed Horus was inside their bodies, or were arrested after killing innocent sacrificial victims. There were also members who left the cult, not wanting to be involved anymore out of fear that they would be connected to the crimes. Horus's harmony lost almost 80% of its followers in a short span of time. So many people fell for it. Kurt... Realizing what he had done, and also realizing that many members were now calling for his head, managed to escape the cult and went into hiding. He hasn't been seen since. Even his ex-girlfriend, who was a well-known member of the cult, has supposedly, has supposedly never been able to find him. Even though Kurt may have been wrong initially, many people believed that they did have to recite a sermon, but it had to be the right one. There are over 3,000 pages in this book, so it would be a lot of stuff to dig through and figure out. I stood there in disbelief while listening to everything Doug was explaining to me. I honestly couldn't tell if this guy was being serious or not. Still, I kept quiet and let him continue. The killings and suicides kept happening, but more members kept joining, and those members would marry and have children. That's one of the reasons why the camps were set up about 30 years ago. It's, it was so the members' children, who were aged 5 to 10 years old, could learn about the teachings of Horus's harmony, and then go home and continue practicing the religion. The camps were also made so that it would be easier for all the members located around the world to stay connected. I will say that many of the deaths have stopped, with the last notable one happening at your camp five years ago. Sharon. Yep. Sharon Ida Raffington. A counselor killed her when he was convinced that he discovered the right page number and prayer. However, like all of the other documented deaths, it didn't work, and the camp came under fire again. Yet they were able to rebuild and move on. How has no one stopped them yet? That I really can't explain. But more than likely, there are high-powered people involved with them that probably help hide the cult from the outside world. Politicians, police, etc. So why are you explaining all of this to me? Well, my friend, you are most likely the next person to be killed when they attempt to make Horus's spirit possess you. There's been some talk that someone inside your camp successfully conjured Horus by themselves. Now, you would think that person who conjured Horus would just kill themselves so everyone else can obtain world peace. But actually, the plan is for them to meet in the middle of the rituals. What I mean is this. Somebody, person A, successfully has Horus possess them and then performs the victim ritual on person B. Then, person B is killed and world peace finally comes. So it's basically both rituals being performed at different points in time. The same process for both. 
Jesus Christ. The seriousness of the situation hitting me hard. I could have sworn they were after me because I was Horus Resurrected or something. What? My name is Harrison, and Sherino is my name with some letters rearranged. I also have a stab wound on my back, though it is a straight line and not a crescent. Uh, no. Horse never prophesied that he would come back in a resurrected form. He always explained from the beginning that he would need to be conjured and then possess someone's body. Your name being an anagram for Sherino is just a crazy coincidence. Besides, you look nothing like Horus. If someone were to be resurrected, they would most likely need to look the same. So why the fuck am I a target? Revenge. Wh what? Well, besides the obvious, trying to obtain world peace bit, from what I can understand, you are a target to also get revenge on you. I haven't done a single damn thing to them. Then it must be someone you know. Did you ever have family or friends that worked at one of the camps or was a camper? Oh, you gotta be kidding me, was the first thought that formed in my head. Yeah, yeah, I do. Then I would talk to them and get some info. I wish I could tell you the exact reason, but it hasn't been explicitly stated. How do you know all of this? It was a question I had been wanting to ask since he began his monologue on history of Horace's harmony. I've an inside guy reporting to me on what's going on. I've had family killed by these guys, and I planned on taking this whole shit showdown. Well, who is it? Now that, I'm not going to tell you. I don't want to risk his safety. I will tell you this, though. There are two other employees at your camp that also aren't part of this cult. It's one of the older workers and his son. It might seem weird that a cult could hire two people who don't believe in anything they believe, but your camp did just that. There's probably more to it. Anyway, if you can find out who they are, they can help you. I then heard a text alert, and Doug pulled out his phone and read that read what was on the screen. Look, sorry I have to end it here, but I need to get going. Your best bet is to keep paddling, pedaling away from here and go into hiding. You have a massive target on your back, and they will stop at nothing in order to complete their end goal. Just as he was getting back into his white truck, I yelled out to him, How am I supposed to trust you? That's for you to decide! But if you don't trust me, then why would you have stayed here for the last few minutes talking with me when they, you know they're coming after you, you idiot? Also, I just saved your fucking ass and led you into a pretty well-fucking-hidden location in these woods. Just think about that for two seconds, why don't you? As he got in, he turned back and yelled at me. Oh, by the way, if you mess up the victim ritual after someone already has Horace inside of him, Horace will disappear again. That's one of the theories I've heard. May want to use that to your advantage if you do get caught. Also, I heard another theory. <laughs> Why is he yelling all this? Also, I heard another theory that states if a person is possessed by Horus, they have the ability to appear physically as him. So yeah, trust no one that looks like him. Though, I doubt you already trust that many people in this area. Good luck! <laughs> He then started his truck and drove off, <laughs> leaving me alone in the parking lot. I still didn't completely trust this guy, Yeah. but I trusted him over everyone else at the camp. Heck, I couldn't even trust Graham at this point. Though he hasn't shown himself to be a huge believer in this stuff, who knows what he does in private. 
he could have a shrine to Horace Oakwood for all I know in his apartment. But if he isn't, maybe that was the old guy Doug was referring to. But he never mentioned he had a son, so I wasn't sure about that either. All I knew was that I needed to get out of these woods and figure out my next steps. I hopped back on the bike and started pedaling back down the highway that was connected to the parking lot. About an hour of biking, I needed to take a breather. I hopped off and went into the tree line surrounding the highway. Thankfully, it was completely dead at night, so I didn't see any cars coming up and down the two-way road. The whole hour I was biking, however, all I could think about was my dad. <clears throat> he claimed he had been at this camp before as a counselor, but he must have done something so horrific that they're after me now, even though it was been all these years and time usually heals all wounds unless of course it was That's really bad say. maybe he's the one who killed Cher. oh i hope so i needed answers and i needed them now so even though it was in the middle of the night i called my dad after a few attempts he finally answered hello dad it's harrison i need you to tell me the truth harrison it's the middle of the night unless you're dying and need help i'm going back to bed last thing i need to do is wake up your mother what have you been hiding from me? What are you talking about? His tone becoming more annoyed with every passing second. You said you worked at this camp, but this place is a goddamn cult and you know it. They are after me because of something you did. What the hell did you do? There was a long pause and I mean long. I'm so sorry, Harrison. I thought this part of my life was over. It must have been about a minute before he's fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Capitan. <laughs> I thought that part of my life was over. I thought I could get away. Dad, one of those cultists stabbed me as a child. You also named me Harrison, which is Sherino, but the letters rearranged, and now tell me the truth. I expected him to tell me the reason, but instead he told me something else that threw another curveball into the whole saga. I shouldn't have told them that I found a way. They listened to me, and it got so much worse. So many people still blame me, and I thought I had escaped. I did everything, but I guess naming you Harrison was a clue on who I really was. Although I wanted to leave that part of me behind, I just couldn't. It was too much a part of my life. But they would never leave me alone. So I hoped that, well, maybe you being there would finally get them off my back. It was a really shitty thing to do to you, son, but I was tired of it. I'm so sorry. He then began quietly sobbing, <laughs> but I didn't even get to do anything else. <laughs> While listening to my dad, I hadn't noticed that a car had pulled up alongside the road. And when I finally did notice, I saw blue lights blaring on top of the car. It was a police car. An officer turned on his flashlight and pointed at me. I ended the phone call and began shielding my eyes. What are you doing? I heard a familiar voice ask. Officer Marino? I asked in return. Now, how do you know my name? It's me, Harrison Tracy. My apartment at Camp Oakwood was broken into a couple of days ago. You asked for my statement. Oh, that's right. Before turning off his flashlight, he led me back out onto the side of the road to talk to me, and I began to tell him about what was going on, how I had basically ended up hiding on the side of the highway in the middle of the night. Okay. Don't worry. Amy will take care of you. I looked at him, dumbfounded by what he said. What? And then it hit me like a bullet to my skull. I remember what Graham had told me when Amy said she would take care of Percy. Amy doesn't like the police involved. 
If Amy didn't like having the police involved, why would she have called them specifically for me? I looked up at Officer Marino and a soul-killing smile formed on his face. Before I could even react, he pulled a pistol out of his belt and pointed it at my head. Now come on, Harrison. It's time! I then heard footsteps behind me, and just before the world faded back into darkness, I finally remembered where I had seen Doug before. He was the man in the painting in the chapel at Camp Oakwood. Goddamn. What right. the fuck is going on? This is crazy. <laughs> it's actually take, like... You want to take part five? Sounds good. I woke in a dimly lit room. The back of my head was aching terribly, but when I attempted to touch it, I discovered that I couldn't move my arms. I looked over and found that my arms were tied up. I then looked down and found my legs were tied up too. Kinky! They were tied up so that I was lying on my back, spread eagle on whatever I was on, which felt like a wooden board. I then noticed I wasn't even on the ground. The board that I was situated on was about six feet off the ground. The board slightly angled back. I also noticed that I wasn't wearing any clothes except my boxers. He's waking up, I heard someone say. I looked forward and saw that there was a massive crowd. At least 200 people standing there watching me. I then recognized the room that I was in to be the chapel at the camp. In front of the large crowd, there were three figures wearing black robes, their faces shrouded with hoods. Once everyone's attention was on me, the three hooded figures lowered their hoods, and I immediately recognized them to be Amy, Carson, and Julio. I also recognized some of the faces in the crowd, including Officer Marino, Percy, and the other employees at the camp. Welcome back, Harrison. So glad you could join us for this special event. Fuck you! We understand you're in denial now, but in just a few moments, you will be our hero. Because of you, we will finally obtain world peace for everyone to experience. Well, except for you. Uh, You probably don't understand what's going on right now. I'll quickly explain. We are Horace's Harmony. I know everything, asshole. Doug told me. (laughs) I expected mild confusion or something to that effect, but instead Carson gave out a laugh and smiled at me. Oh, Doug, my good old outside guy. He's actually here with us right now, you know. Where? Oh, right. Give me just a second. I expected Doug to be dragged in in, in or something, but that didn't happen. Instead, I saw something that I had not seen with my own two eyes. I would have never believed. Carson's body started twitching. And then it began to change shape. His skinny body grew larger in size. I'm growing. His bald head began growing hair, finally. And his wrinkles began fading from his face. For about 20 seconds, his body stopped morphing. Now standing where Carson once was, was Doug. Remember how I said that if a person was possessed by Horus that they would have the ability to change physically into him? Doug asked me. Yeah, I said, still stunned by what I had just witnessed. Well, (laughs) ta-da! He exclaimed. By the way, I would rather you now call me Horus since that's who I am right now. (laughs) You will see Carson soon. I was too stunned and too confused to understand what he had just said. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, Horace spoke out to the crowd. 
If you haven't guessed by now, Carson successfully conjured me by yelling out my famous sermon from 1892 and then stabbing himself in the stomach to form a crescent-shaped wound. After all this time, someone finally discovered it. I'm disappointed, but at the same time proud as well. Everyone either murmured in excitement or didn't react. Julio and Amy didn't even flinch. They must have known all along. So unless Horace, or who you like to call Dog, hasn't explained to you what is going on yet, we will be performing a ritual on you. As just mentioned, Carson successfully conjured Horace and is currently possessed by him. So he completed the first possible ritualistic process. Obviously. Now you must think that Carson currently has Horace within him. We would just kill Carson and be done with it. However, Carson doesn't want to die, and I don't blame him. So instead, we will now perform the second ritual, which is to have Horace possess another person. Meeting in the middle, so to speak. But there's another reason, of course... Horace told you himself that we also want to get our revenge. But I didn't fucking do anything! My dad was the one that fucked you guys up! Oh, your dad, Curtis. Also known as... Yeah, Ferris Kurt, I know. He came up with a way to conjure Horace, but it was incorrect, and it caused many people to die or leave the cult. And he was forced to go into hiding. No need to explain it to me. I don't give a shit about him anymore. I mean, he's the one who let me go here so that he could save his own ass. But as you also probably know already this isn't the first time we've tried to hurt you uh, yeah one of you crazy fucks stabbed me as a child in fact i'm positive it was my dad's ex-girlfriend who did it that psycho bitch well i don't think i'm psycho or a bitch she said before smiling it took me a few seconds to understand what she said but when it, i did i actually felt my jaw drop <laughs> Never at all did I consider that Amy could have been the one who stabbed me, let alone be my dad's ex-girlfriend. You're the one who stabbed me? <laughs> I screamed at her, my words almost echoing in the chapel. Guilty as charged. Though, of course, I had a different hair color at the time. Oh, Jesus Christ, but, but why me? Why not go after my dad? Well... What better way to torture someone than by torturing their loved ones? Having his son become a oh new victim God. would be the ultimate punishment. This sucks. Harrison, ever since you were born, we've been watching you. You never suspected a thing and never once saw us. Well, except for once. When? When you discovered this job. My mind immediately flashed back to the day I discovered that Help Wanted ad at the coffee shop. When I walked out, I noticed a blonde woman staring at me. I never considered it important, but now- You motherfucker! I knew you had flunked out of school and you were currently stuck at your folks' place. I also knew you liked to view that wall to see if there were any appealing jobs on there. Well, I made an ad, waited until you noticed it and to my utter joy, watched you take it down to bring it home. When you saw me, I got a little nervous, but you walked off without batting an eye. I quickly made it back to the camp and waited for your phone call. 
When you called, I was so excited that I completely forgot to ask you for your name to confirm that it was you. Thank goodness you remembered for me, and when you said your name, I accidentally hit my desk in excitement. I wasn't even scared anymore. I was seething with rage. I couldn't believe that this was so meticulously planned out. It seemed so staged, yet I knew it wasn't. I didn't say a word as Amy continued. And so we've come full circle. Soon not only will you die, but we will also live in a peaceful world that we've all wanted for so long. It is unfortunate that your dad won't be here to watch us finally avenge all our fallen brothers and sisters, but he'll probably find out eventually. Not even three seconds after she said that, the doors to the chapel opened and two large men came in dragging somebody behind them. Hey, Amy, we found this guy snooping outside. One of them said. You won't believe who it is. They threw the man forward and a grim but recognizable face became visible to me. Dad? What the fuck are you doing here? Well, I'll be damned. If it isn't Ferris Kurt himself. Amy said as if she was finishing Julio's sentence. That's not my name anymore. My dad said. Right, because Curtis Tracy is such a better name. I'm so glad that I get to see you again. I've missed you so much. I don't give two shits about you. Leaving this lunatic society was the best decision I've ever made. Why the hell did you come here? I'm sorry, Harrison. Don't give me that bullshit. You knew full well what I was walking into, and you let me go so that you would be left alone. I know, and I'm sorry. You will probably never forgive me. No! That's why I'm here. I'm gonna die, dude. He then turned to Amy. He then turned to Amy, began speaking to her. Amy. You have wanted me dead for so long. If you want to kill me, now's your chance. Just perform the ritual on me, and you guys can finally have world peace. Please, just leave my son, my poor son, alone. I looked at Amy, who was quiet for about ten seconds. Before she made a decision. You know what? I think that's a great idea. Julio and Carson, who I hadn't noticed until then had morphed back into himself, just stared at her in disbelief. I tensed up, knowing what was about to happen. Amy walked up to my dad, and he closed his eyes and bowed his head. You're ready to die. <laughs> You're ready to die, silly man. Yes! Wait, don't you need the Bible to perform the ritual? <laughs> oh, we're not performing the ritual on Ferris. Before anyone could react, she pulled out a knife and stabbed my dad in the neck. Dad! My dad grabbed his neck and collapsed on the floor. Oh, Ferris, you little fool. You really think I was going to let it be that easy? Oh, you piece, piece of, of shit! shit. <laughs> you oh, piece God. of shit! <laughs> Sorry, son. <laughs> yeah, you're a piece of shit too, dad. I'm Fuck you. I'm surprised you care. <laughs> She said to me without a single ounce of emotion in her voice. He did let you come here. He's still my father. I said, the tears rushing down my face. My dad wasn't moving anymore. His body now lying in a pool of his own blood. I knew he was dead. All right. Well, now that we've got that over with, can we please 
please continue. Yeah. Let's... Amy said her smile returning. Let's get it started here. What if you guys fail? I asked them, all the while crying. Morris told me that if you mess up this ritual, he's already conjured and he's gonna disappear. What are you gonna do? Keep trying until dead? That's the plan. Besides, I'm absolutely positive we have the right sermon. All right, let's get started. Carson grabbed a stepladder and walked up it, up it to reach the area I was hung up at. I just want to thank you for what you're about to do for us, Carson said, a small smile forming on his face. Go fuck yourself, I said before spitting in his face. I guess your stab wound isn't that serious, huh? We have the best nurses a person could ask for. He then revealed two things from his robe. His penis and his balls. <laughs> And then he revealed his Bible, and in the other, a large carving knife, which are the names of his balls and his penis. And his peener. In his peener. <laughs> in, in Bongo Veritas. In Bongo Veritas. He opened the book to a page and began to read. Once he finished, he plunged the knife into my gut. I screamed from the pain as he meticulously carved a new wound into my body. I closed my eyes, anticipating my death. This is it. I thought to myself, this is it. This is how I die, mercilessly executed by a fucking cult. I thought my body would begin to morph into horse or something, but about 20 seconds passed, and nothing happened. I opened my eyes, and Carson was just staring at me terrified look on his face. What happened? I... I messed up. What? I messed up! Carson said he closed his eyes and then opened them again quickly. Horace is gone! He's gone! I messed up! Fuck! <laughs> he threw his knife on the ground the in rage. most incompetent cult that we've ever seen. They're Seriously? Like, they all just whine. A good job, asshole. I said the pain from the wound making it hard to speak. <laughs> Shut up, Harrison. Just because we messed up doesn't mean you're getting out of this alive. I don't care if your dad is now dead. I haven't fulfilled my desire for revenge yet. Carson, perform the ritual on yourself again. Carson grabbed the knife and began saying the sermon. But while Carson was conjuring Horace again, an idea popped into my head. Amy had just said that she hasn't fulfilled her desire for revenge, but not their desire for rev not their desire for revenge. It may have meant nothing at all, but she was also the one who explained the entirety of why she wanted revenge on my dad. With no other options, I decided to test that notion. It was a long shot, but I hoped it would work. <coughs> Blood's coming out. <laughs> I, I like. Uh, you seem to be the only fucking person in here who actually uh, wants revenge. Everybody has been waiting. Oh, my blood. My blood. <laughs> my blood. There goes. There oh, goes my. Oh, oh, it's a hard-working liver. Everyone who's been waiting for years to obtain world peace, and instead of killing the one who is currently possessed by Horus. You want to make him wait even more 
just because you want to beat me to be the sacrifice. I don't care. Most of them don't even want revenge. They just want to have world peace. I made it so that they get both for the price of one. But the plan just failed, I said. Now, oh man, this hurts. They just have <laughs> really to. Really oh, blood. I don't know, I'm like really stabbed I'm really here. I'm like pretty banged up. <laughs> now, oh, they have to wait until Dog you guys. Very they gotta wait until you guys actually find the right sermon, and it's like three thousand pages. You're making them wait just because of you, you idiots. That's been the plan all along. I promised myself that I wouldn't stop until Ferris paid the price for what he did to me and my friends. Yeah, just pay the price. He's dead, you idiot. <laughs> I screamed, my stomach hurting more and more from me projecting my voice with all wild. <laughs> but now you don't even seem to care about the mission anymore. You just won't fill your stupid need for vengeance, but you're never going to be satisfied. Never, never, ever. Never ever. You're just uh, you're punishing these guys just as much as you're. Oh my god, this is really fucking hurts. You're punishing me. I don't care. I will never be satisfied until you are dead. Oh. I don't care what everyone else oh, that's wants. That's rude. I don't care about world peace. I don't care about my religious duty. I only care about me getting my revenge. <laughs> Her scream practically echoed in the room. I couldn't believe she fell for my bluff. Because of me, she just admitted that she only cared about revenge. You could hear a pin drop in the chapel. Everyone, except for Julio and Carson, was stunned by what Amy just said. Despite the predicament, I was still stuck in... combined with pain in my gut. I smiled wildly. Oh yeah, I just heard the truth! She doesn't care about what you guys want! Or seek. She just cares about, about herself. How selfish of her. Well, I'll tell you all this. They haven't figured out the right sermon. And even if I'm, I'm about to die. Even if I die before they discover it. And Amy's true desire would be satisfied. Y'all are gonna have to wait until someone else is captured and tortured like my ass just to get world peace. Unless, dude, you just kill the person who already has horse possessed inside of them right now. Almost all of them turned their heads towards Carson, who was sitting on the floor, his blood pooling beneath him. His blooding pooling beneath him. Yes. This is very poorly written. Carson looked <laughs> up, and his face was as white as a ghost. He definitely heard what I said. So, I'll give you all a choice. Man, this sucks. We can wait here. Uh, for them to keep trying to solve another ritual, or read through a book, or you can obtain world peace that you always wanted. All you gotta do is kill Carson, man. He's already basically like dying like I am. It's gonna be real fucking easy. What, what is it gonna be? I prayed that this would work in my favor. All I needed was one person to see the sense I was spewing, and I could be spared. This was my only shot, and I hoped someone sided with me. After about ten seconds...
Someone oh, came boy. from <laughs> It's Mickey Mouse. What are you doing here, Mickey? Read. Someone came from the crowd and started walking toward the altar. Raphael, don't you even think about coming up here. <laughs> Fuck you, Amy. Harrison's right. You killed Ferris and he's the one who wronged you. You got your revenge on him, but I've waited my entire life to fulfill my religious obligation, and I won't force you to make me and my friends wait any longer. Before anyone could react, he charged the altar. Fuck you! Julio tried to grab him, but Raphael barged right through him. Once he took lead, several others began charging the altar as well, some screaming that it was finally going to happen. That's when all hell broke loose. Carson tried to limp away, but he was caught almost immediately. Amy got bone rushed as whoa, bone rushed as well yeah. and was knocked back against the wall, seemingly unconscious. Julio managed to get out of the way and was pushing his body against the wall where Amy was. People began jumping onto Carson, <laughs> punching and kicking him. Asshole, I didn't feel bad a bit. He did stab me after all. I then felt my board begin to move. And before I knew it, I began falling back to earth. I hit the floor hard, the impact momentarily dazing me. I then saw someone standing over and heard a voice that I didn't expect to hear. Don't worry, I'll get you out of here. Percy began untying my arms and legs, but just as he was beginning to untie my last leg, he was pulled from behind and thrown to the ground. What do you think you're doing? A bloody knife in her hand. She quartered Percy against the wall. After seeing this, I managed to untie the last knot and charged at her as fast as I could. I knocked her down just as she raised the knife in the air. Amy and I began wrestling on the ground. Under normal circumstances, I would have been much stronger than her, but my stab wound had severely weakened my strength, and she was gaining the upper hand fast. She managed to get on top of me, the knife still in her hand. I don't care if I die here today. You will at least be joining me. She snarled at me. Just when I thought I was done for, I heard a smacking sound, and Amy fell limp onto me. Standing beside her was Percy, holding what looked like a baton. And Percy is Graham's son. Fuck yeah. Called it. <laughs> I have no idea where he got it, but I could have cared less at the moment. Come on, we have to get out of here. Come on, we need oh, to get out of here. God damn it. <laughs> he picked me up and started leading me over to the back of the chapel. As we were making our way to the back, I found Julio on the ground. He also appeared unconscious. Quincy. Throw one into the crowd. He yelled. We need a diversion. I turned to see someone I didn't recognize throwing Molotov cocktails into the crowd. It exploded, and people began screaming. He then raced back to where we were, and Percy found a small window in the back room of the chapel. Percy began slamming that baton against the window in order to break it. After a few more swings, Percy broke the window, and we made it outside. It wasn't a baton. It was my penis. He killed Amy with his, <laughs> with his penis. Percy then pulled out a walkie and radioed someone on the other line. Bring it around. Hurry. He yelled into the walkie. Not even five seconds, a white truck came barreling down the road of the camp. A familiar face was behind the steering wheel. Get in. Graham yelled. We need to get in here. We all piled in, and Graham accelerated out of Camp Oakwood. <gasps> we stopped at a house about 40 minutes from Camp Oakwood. While driving there, 
Percy used his shirt to put pressure on my wound. When we eventually reached the house, the three of them brought me inside the house, where I was introduced to a woman named Bea, who turned out to be Graham's ex-wife. Bea. Bea was apparently a nurse, and she helped disinfect and bandage my wound. She was happy to report that none of my organs seemed to be damaged by the stab wound except for the liver that fell out, and I would more than likely be okay. Percy and Quincy were both bruised, but nothing too severe. While being patched up, I took... Who the fuck is Quincy? Graham. Oh. I think it's Graham. Interesting. Or it's someone else. Hmm. While being patched... Maybe Quincy is one of the older... Maybe maybe it was supposed to be... Oh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe Quincy is the actual... Maybe it's supposed to be Graham and they... Um, what else I'm thinking is... Narrator might actually have Horus in him right now. Mm. Like the ritual might have happened, mm-hmm. and he might have just bullshitted his way out of it because he hasn't like manifested yet. It's very possible. So I'm thinking that might be like a final paragraph twist. I think that's that's where we're heading. I'm with you. I have no clue who the fuck Quincy is. <laughs> As it turned out, per- Percy had been forced by Amy to go into my apartment and take a picture of my scar so that she could prove it was definitely me. He didn't want to do it, but she threatened him, and eventually he relented. He managed to take a photo. However, not only was my towel obscuring my scar, but the photo also came out blurry. Despite him failing, they stuck with the plan of Percy being arrested by Officer Marino. I asked Percy if he was just a cult member dressed as a police officer, and he confirmed it. Not Not that I was surprised to hear that. Anyway, Percy was never taken away and would remain at the camp out of view. Well, that was the plan until Carson successfully conjured Horace, and Amy had to hasten her plans. When they met around the campfire the night I escaped, it was so that Amy could explain what would be happening. To my shock, they were also waiting to see when I would wake up, and once someone noticed I was up and moving, Amy alerted Carson to text me the message I received, and waited until I was recaptured. The, oh, sorry. Who is that? Amy? No, it's Percy. The plan was for you to make it to that location, only to find Carson, or Horace, I should call him, and Officer Marino waiting there for you. It was just a trick to get your hopes up on you possibly escaping. Well, Officer Marino wasn't there. He seemed perplexed by that. Well... Amy never told us that. Then again, it appeared that Amy hid quite a bit from you guys, I said before we both laughed. Ha ha ha. Funny. Hilarious. Percy then began explaining that he had come up with a plan to get me out of there. He knew what was going to happen to me, so he, Graham, and Quincy, who I later found out wasn't even an employee at the camp, but Percy's best friend back home, came up with a way to get me out. He's my bottom. The plan was for Quincy to make homemade Molotov cocktails and throw several of them into the church Spicy. to act as a diversion <laughs> so they could quickly get me down and carry me out. God it's not damn. the only cocktail he's going to be pulling on, making it blow up fire tonight. 
I'm, I'm surprised, like, Quincy... Is it a stretch? I'm talking Quincy's about my smart, dick. Quincy's smart enough to make Molotov cocktails. Why would you... Why, why, is, why is Quincy staying with you, Percy? Dip a rag in some vodka, turn it around the other way, put the wet side into the water again, and then you light it on fire and talk. I said last episode, like, I'm really dumb, guys. So. <laughs> you said you really did. You did lead that episode with And that. you know what? However, they didn't plan on two things. One, my dad showing up unexpectedly. And two, me getting Amy to say that she didn't care about everyone else's desire for world peace. When several of the people in the crowd stormed the altar, they took their chance and proceeded with the plan as best they could. However, he explained to me that they did have to wait until they tried the ritual on me, because if they tried it before the ritual attempt, it would have been harder to get out, because everyone would have been pissed at them, and they too would have been attacked. It was a shitty move to do, but I told him it was okay. I got out with my life, that's all that mattered. He explained to me that my, many of the counselors were beyond pissed when Amy proclaimed that they would have to wait until they got the ritual right on me be before they could all complete their mission. She said that would be the plan, and anyone who disagreed with her would have to deal with it. So many of her employees were angered by her actions. The only people who sided with her were Julio and Carson. Carson I understood because he didn't want to die, but I wonder why Julio agreed with her. I wonder if they got world peace finally. Well, if their definition of world peace is a fight in a chapel, then they did. Congratulations to them. Still, dude, you really saved yourself when you managed to break Amy. If it wasn't for that alone... You would have been a goner. I mean, she did that to herself. She gave it away right before right before that when she said she didn't care how long it took them to get it right. But as long as I would die as a result of it, it didn't matter to her. Plus, she also killed my dad, which was basically her revenge. The desire could never be satisfied. I'm just thankful you, me, my bottom boy Quincy, and my dad all made it out alive. Your dad? Oh yeah, you didn't know that either. Graham is my daddy. Honestly? I always suspected that was a possibility. Horace did say an older word. Oh my god, this exposition though? is crazy. I fit a nut. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Horace did say an older worker at the camp didn't believe in this stuff, and the worker also had a son who apparently didn't either. After thinking over a little bit, I actually suspected Percy and Graham were related, especially considering how concerned Graham was for per Percy's safety when Amy planned to talk to Percy about why he broke into my apartment. I ended up resting for the night, and the next day, Graham gave me the keys to the truck and told me to get out of town. I asked what he, Percy, his bottom boy Quincy, and Bea would do, and he said to not worry about them. Oh, don't worry about it. I'm good. I didn't know if I could just trust them at this point, but I had no other options. Just as I started the car, I asked Graham and Percy why they would work at a summer camp that they knew was run by a cult. They just looked at each other, and Graham replied, We're free now. It doesn't matter anymore. I wanted to ask them what they meant, but I just decided to get out of there. I drove off the property and away from the city, promising myself to never return. Once I got out of the city, I ditched the truck and went into hiding. That's where I am now. I already have changed my appearance, and I'm currently in the process of changing my name. I ended up reading in the news about 20 people died in the chapel, 
and many others were injured and or arrested. I don't know how police found out, but they did. A list of people who died was published as well. I saw Julio, Carson, told you, Raphael, and my dad's <laughs> name on the list. One name I didn't see, though, was Amy. That means she's still alive and possibly looking for me. Hmm. Even though I have since escaped and I'm trying to move on with my life, I still have so many unanswered questions about what happened. My biggest question is this. Why did my dad let me go? I mean, I just don't get it. Why would he let me go when he knew who was there and that they were dangerous people? I just can't understand why. It's called a scapegoat, son. But then he came back and tried to sacrifice himself so that I could possibly live. It's called guilt, son. He tried, died trying to save me in a way. Regarding his death, I feel in the middle. I'm devastated that my dad is dead. But I'm still angry at him for letting me walk into a trap that would have killed me. And I also don't understand my mom. <laughs> she must not have she must have known about my dad's previous life, yet she also let me go. She even said I've dealt with it before. I don't know what she meant. But my only logical conclusion was that she was referring to when Amy stabbed me in my childhood. I don't know. I don't plan on finding tr I don't plan on trying to find out soon. Ever since I escaped, I haven't contacted anyone in my family. I can't trust them anymore. My mom must be heartbroken, and she practically lost both her husband and son. Maybe one day I will reach out to her, but right now I just can't. Another problem is I don't understand why Carson, disguised as Horace, gave me all that information and then tried to let me escape. First it told me I wasn't part of the plan, so Carson must have said something else in mind. Must have had something else in mind. I don't know what, but if the end goal was for me to get captured, then I guess it doesn't matter now. What if... What if Horace doesn't want to die again? What if, like, him being back in someone's body is a semblance of life? I don't know. I don't know. Also, I did never get the answer as to why Graham and Percy would work at the summer camp. All they said was that they were free now. I guess they may have been held captive or something, but they never told me. Even when Percy and I talked just before I left to go into hiding. And lastly, though it isn't that important, what happened to the fucking campers? I didn't see a single fucking kid in the crowd when I was tied up. Honestly, I don't care enough to want to know the answer to that question, but just another mystery to the whole saga. I am just so fucking frustrated that I will never get these answers. I haven't spoken to Graham or Percy or anyone else involved since I've I've escaped, and I plan on keeping it that way. I just can't risk it. This happened a while ago, and I've never been able to get full closure on all of this. However, typing it here has really helped me. I will say that I've read the comments you guys have been sending me. First off, thank you guys for y'all's concern for my well-being. I appreciate it greatly. Secondly, for those who said I was too naive and trustworthy, you're right. I was indeed. But now I'm not. In fact, I can't trust anyone. That's why I'm hiding alone. All I know is that I will always have a target on my back. Horace himself said that these guys are all around the globe. 
and they are probably still looking for me as I type this. After all, I practically destroyed one of their bases of operation. A summer camp known as Camp Oakwood. Nice. Nice little uh, curtain finish there. Do, 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 do. Yeah. What'd you think? A <sighs> lot of unnecessary exposition. So, yeah, no, really. There, there is no twist. No. There is no magic really happening. It's almost as um, if at the end the author was like, these are all the things that are wrong with my story. And it was almost like putting himself in the narrative to come off as an excuse to be like, I bet you're wondering why there are so many loose holes. Well, I only wanted to write this much of the story and I don't want to think about the rest anymore. So I'm going to leave that I'm up gonna to leave you. That up to, yeah, I'm going to leave that completely open. I'm not going to confirm anything. I'm going to let you go back and read it again and maybe wonder or don't. In my case, this is a don't. I don't Agreed. actually need any of those answers answered. No. I just I just wanted a little bit more out of the ending. I wanted a little bit... I don't know. I wanted something to prove that the magic had happened. Yeah. You know, after we point out the fact that everyone was waiting for this transformation out of him, and it didn't happen immediately, I'm... You know, Carson saying he messed up could be, like, a huge twist. He was waiting for... Horace to emerge and Horace just didn't feel like coming out at that time so maybe Horace put the thought in the narrator's head to say you know call out Amy you know make make her fuck this up yeah. so you can get the fuck out of here I'm not saying tell us you know telecast it and telestrate it as that you know by writing it all down but maybe have the ending be that the character has weird thoughts now and has weird dreams or something or or maybe unaccounted for time in his day sometimes. It's a really simple way they could have ended that. And uh, the fact that they just it kinda, made it a little bit more three dimensional, even I feel. even a little bit more because, you know, because it was to end the way it, do, it, it ends. It's kind of self-deprecatingly. It ends, yeah. it ends by saying, well, I escaped and here are all these these loose things going on. The last two and a half pages really were just obvious and then the prior 15 pages were yes. exposition yes it was it and, was hard and, to read and honestly cli and climax yeah I'm, I'm not gonna say it was like tough um i think i think the author was just kind of over it yeah by part five i thought we were gonna I, round out to a part six at any moment I did and too. then the story yeah. just ended but no like, it oh, was I you know i guess that is how it's gonna end the climax was fun like the oh, climax yeah. was a lot getting of fun. The cult, getting the cult to turn on itself is fucking hilarious. The return of Raphael. The turn. No one saw Raphael. No one back. saw Raphael. And coming. then what about the death toll? So twenty. So what's his face? The narrator did survive. Hey man, I just Percy wanna, did hey, survive. Uh, hold on. I was right. Graham did survive. Yeah. Raphael. Amy survived. Raphael died. Raphael fucking died. Amy survived. So you lost on Julio. You lost on Carson. Julio died. I said no. Julio would die spectacularly, but he didn't. <laughs> On your first way through, you said everyone I did. Yeah, survived. yeah, yeah. I said yeah. I said a lot so, of things. So really, you won though because so many more people survived. Uh, the, you said the parents were gonna survive. Dad. Ah, uh, yeah. Died Dad too. died. I'm gonna say three people. You missed three, but you gained like ten. That's all right. That's good. You yeah. called Raphael. Dying. Thanks, man. You know I that feel I feel good about it. Fucking Mickey Mouse coming out of the cult and getting, oh getting fucking murdered. <laughs> I'm going to kill you guys. Oh, I swear to fucking God, Amy. I've got a knife, you I'll bitch. I'll fucking do it. I'll do it. Woohoo! 
It's and he did. Yeah, it's hilarious. Flew in there. It was a fun story. Yeah, it was great, I, man. I will say it was a it was a quick narrative. I feel happy for having done that with you for for having that be your first twofer. Same. You kind of understand what a longer narrative does now. I know um, what it does to you. <laughs> it does a couple things. It breaks you uh, down. In Bongo Beritas. In Bongo Beritas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I have yeah. a bong named Barry. Do you? Well, I do now. Oh. I don't have a bong, but when I buy one, it's going to be Bongo Beritas. There's a really good... Uh, uh, Bongery. Head, there's a head shop in uh, in Southside Bethlehem called Puff Pass Glass. Oh, that's kind of fun. Um their stuff is solid. I got I got both this guy and my bubbler from Puff Pass. Nice. And um, I'm I've been meaning to go pick up some papers. I think I only have a couple left, so I'm probably gonna give them a give them a shout out and go go pick up some stuff if you're in the Pennsylvania area and you know where Bethlehem, PA is. <laughs> oh, <laughs> get over to Puff Pass Glass. This is some free advertising. Yeah, man. Uh, uh, for their wonderful products. Yeah, I, I, I really I got like Auntie the uh, Whispers and Mr. Poopy Butthole, both from Puff Pass Glass. Really like the uh, the cones. You ever you ever use the cones? That's what I have. I have a oh. bunch of, I have a bunch of cones. The cones it's are just, awesome. Uh the the pre-rolls that you just kind of pack with a little filter. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, they're awesome. Yeah. And uh, check out the the glass store up in Lidditz, PA. It's called uh, it's called the Glass or Your Ass. Whoa, that's not where I want it to be. I want it to be on my. Walls no, it's glass my... or it's not glass in your ass. It's glass <laughs> or your ass. Common, I miss. I misheard you. It's a misconception. Yeah. Well, you know, you either buy the glass or they they put your ass up on display, just like in the uh, just like in the story here. They took a picture of his back. Well, they go a little bit lower. <laughs> they put a picture of your ass up on the wall, and they say, "Hey, he didn't buy it. He Get out of here. He didn't buy the ass. <laughs> he didn't buy the glass. So now there's a picture of an ass. Well, and then once you get enough people in the shop, you can either buy the glass or the ass." Sofa King, I gotta, I gotta stop your character right there and ask ooh, you ooh. a question. <laughs> Okie doke. <laughs> What what do you want your next story to be about? What haven't we touched so far that you're looking to get mm-hmm. spooky on? Well, we I know that when I was reading, the I story feel like I haven't been to touched you, enough. You were saying <laughs> that's 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 a note to you, Sofa Queen. No, <laughs> no, oh, she's beautiful. <laughs> she's my beautiful Sofa Queen. I love so, her very much, and she touches me plenty. So. As, just so we have that Cut clear it. sofa queen. That's what he's stating for the for the fans. You touched me viewers. plenty. Thank you. So I want to know, like, God when damn. I was reading all the titles of the stories to you before, uh, you you focused on the the camp Oakwood one. Why? I, I mean, you just, just I just I've, I've had setting? I've had experience at camps, yeah. and you know, like I just thought it would be fun. Where do you want to go from here? I don't know, man, but I wanna I wanna hit the dusty trail with you. Did you do you wanna get like mental with it? Yeah. Do you wanna like cry a little bit? Oh yeah, man. Do you wanna like have like a Ashton Kutcher butterfly effect? <sighs> I do. Director's cut. I do. Okay. I wanna we might, I wanna we cry. Might go there. I wanna oh, die. <laughs> never mind. I know what your next episode. You wanted to do something with someone else. Yeah. You've never done a you've I never haven't. done a something a guest appearance with a yeah, guest. Yeah, I wanna I wanna jump around, man. You wanna be a part of a threesome. I'm gonna start clowning around. Yeah. yeah. We'll get you on something with someone. All right. I'll find someone. Yeah. Uh, It'll happen. Yeah, hopefully somebody will be willing to come on there the many. show 
with uh, royalty. Shouted at you royalty you such as my, my myself. When you showed up to my fucking Halloween party. God damn, what a time. And you won all of those games. I put Squid Games out. I did Squid Games for my Halloween party, everyone. Uh, it was first round. We did Flip Cup. My team lost because of Terry the Tickler. Thanks, you fuck. And then the other team lost because of Frowns McBoohoo, you fucking piece of shit. <laughs> and then uh, it got narrowed down to uh, Spoons. Yep. We did Spoons. And uh, Sofa King was still in there. He, mm-hmm. he was very quick to snatch the spoon. I was talking to the person next to me and we strategized. I believe that was Tenron Otrin's uncle. Indeed. And uh, when we when we were done with Spoons, it was down to Tenron Otrin's uncle sofa king where am i and strawberry shortcake Mm. and so i made them pick teams and it was sofa king and strawberry shortcake up against where am i and tenron's uncle and it um i I made them play pong and strawberry shortcake and and sofa king more specifically it was not a contest it was not a contest they won by multiple cups it was sad (laughs) and uh I then made them face off Strawberry Shortcake versus Sofa King in Liar's Dice. And let me tell you, <laughs> Sofa King fucking laid him out from the beginning by by pretending to be a layman, by pretending to be he, he, like an idiot savant. I was. Because because what he ended up doing was getting inside Strawberry Shortcake's head I really by did. asking him how the game was played. Uh-huh. So it's almost like the first three rounds he was trying to teach you a little bit, but you kept stealing dice from him. I did. And by the second or third round, he was like, you son of a bitch. Yep. I'm now down three die. And then I won. And then you won. Yeah. I, I really didn't know how to play. I expected to see him there, and that's okay. It doesn't take any... Like, anyone can win Liar's Dice. It's a head game. Um... The the thing is, uh, there, I did admission. wish some psychological warfare. That's what I'm saying. Upon like, strawberry, like, strawberry shortcake, shortcake, I did. Wanted to outwit you, but your randomness could not be logistically like estimated. That's uh, that's how I play video games too. That's fair. Yeah, like fair. Uh, like most of my strategy is fucking random. It's and random based. You off can't of how you, feel you can't catch where I, I I am mentally because I don't know where he I am. Know what he's <laughs> doing. I don't know what I'm doing. It's good. It's good. It's a good strategy to have. Honestly, um, unable to be predicted. And I expected to see someone like Strawberry Shortcake at the end. He's a very competitive guy. Whenever we play my thing games, yes. he's always very serious about it. Um, He's pretty good at board games. You know, I, I, I understand that part of him. He's a competitive he, man. When he lost, he looked genuinely sad. He did. And uh, you, Sofa King, uh-huh. won my first annual Halloween party Squid Games. I did. And I gave you a $20 gift card to Applebee's. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so here's the thing. Did you I, lose the gift card? No. I have celiacs. I can't eat at Applebee's. You can't eat anything at Applebee's? Not really. And trust it. Cross-contamination. Like, it's. I'm really sensitive to shit. And I sold it. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I'm telling you, you this right you now. You couldn't go out for cocktails or something? I absolutely could have. But I sold it, like, the next day. And you wow. and he came back to me and said, I want to see a picture of you at Applebee's. And I feel like I need to go to Applebee's now and just get a couple <laughs> of drinks. And Don't get hurt or die on my account. No, no, no. Jesus. And just get drinks. 
Oh, that, I mean, that's fair. Yeah, I, I, can I get literally just did that after D&D, like, last Tuesday. But I also sat down and had, like, some mozzarella sticks. <laughs> I thought... Half-priced apps. I thought at at Applebee's, they do, like, steaks and, and, and greens and shit, right? Yeah, but, like, they're cooking it on the same shit as everything else. And it's and, that specific. is that specific? That is... It is that specific. If I have a crumb of... Dude, okay, I was at... Um, I was at the Jersey Shore yeah. like five years ago with with my uh, sofa queen, and it was her birthday. You're married, dude. Have we not covered this? <laughs> no, this is every no. Okay, yeah, yeah. Hold on. Uh, so um, we, I got like a cider or something stupid because it was all they had, and uh, they didn't have uh, spirits. They just had. Say, that's got they shit just, in it, man. Yeah, they just had a. They just had like wine. Like they taps. just had taps. Yeah. So I had Angry Orchard, which is fine, but um, my wife ordered a like Miller High Life or something, and they gave me the wrong drink. I had a sip of it, and I was out for a week. I'm super sensitive to it, man. What does it do to you? Um, Pain? Mental, physical, um, my entire body. It's like, so it's an immune response. Yeah. So essentially, in your... You're all learning a lot about uh, (laughs) it's an autoimmune disease. So uh, in autoimmune diseases, your your body attacks itself. Ah. So it's not an allergy. I was going to say, what would you describe the feeling like? Like a cramp? um, It's like a feeling of impending doom. Oh, shit. It's horrible. It's really bad. Yeah. It's like it's a mental fog. Okay. You get very, um, there are times where I don't know that I've had it and I get very, um, like emotional and like even aggressive Stimulated. at times. Yeah. yeah. And, but I, uh, it's, it's, it's a, a lack of awareness on hyperdrive. You can, s- I sleep forever. Like I can sleep 12 that hours and an feel like fucking thing for your body to do from such so a, your from body such a is like thing. it thinks that there's like something that it needs to attack so you get sick like your body like tries everything to cu- try to get rid of this thing flu like yeah. yeah trying to work through mm-hmm. something so it's yeah. really fucking rough and i don't take any chances I mainly man. so i don't want you to feel bad at all because i mainly got that applebee's gift card as like a fucking joke like i wasn't gonna let anyone Dude, know what and it was until, yeah, until man. they won you were really playing literally it up it was hilarious of, literally out of the like 20 fucking people that played because i did have i needed 20 fucking people to play. i'll tell you i was dying when i got it man it was hilarious it is very funny now yeah in hindsight um, but yeah, no, you got the prize all the same. What you choose to do with it is t- is totally your own thing. I know, but um, you know, I just thought it was hilarious. Yeah. So that's so been no, the health and wellness time, section. Note for next time, what do I pick instead? That's more trustworthy. What 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 brand? What place do you like to actually go out to? Twenty dollar bill. <laughs> I don't want to do cash. Yeah, cash no, that's not fun. Um, I want to be kitschy. I want to get a gift card. I don't know, I'll let you know. Like Target? Yeah. <laughs> Something stupid like that? Something stupid like that. Uh, old Navy? Ooh, Old Navy. Nice pair yeah, of man. A nice pair of slacks. All right. Yeah. Winners of Squid Games 2.0, because you could bet your ass I'm having another party oh, next week. Oh, fuck yeah. We're going to do more stupid-ass games. And I'm going to win. it won't fucking rain. Oh, I'm going to win, dude. Oh, I'm, I'm counting on it, because now I'm going to be disappointed. 
uh, if you don't get another Applebee's gift card. Everyone's going to be coming for my ass. Yeah. It's just going to be another Applebee's gift card. It's what I want. It's what I want. That's fair. Um, uh, am I supposed to sing a song? This is Lots of Pasta, and uh, I was here with Sofa King and his celiacs. It's, it's, a, it's an audible thing in the room now. You can hear it if you listen closely. His celiacs is here. Um, it's all around you. <laughs> okay, you don't actually have to sing it every episode. It's the new Moby song. <laughs> And you'll cry in your dreams But you'll be awake it seems One day you'll scream Ow! And you'll cry <laughs> And then one day It'll be another time And it will go by and by and by I'll wait till the days end when the moon is high Land until we stand at the shore.